And time now for Terence Pillay Investigates. Good morning, Terence. Morning, Darren. I uh, just yeah. want to give um, a warning to all parents uh, listening right now. This content that you're about to hear is not suitable for sensitive ears. It is a serious topic. Um, and if you are a parent of a preteen, even uh, definitely a teenager, you definitely need to listen to this. Uh, yeah. But again, it is not uh, suitable for sensitive listeners. We're going to be doing this for uh, the next 10 or 15 minutes. So um, just just please be warned. That's completely true, Darren. You know, uh, when most people hear the term cyberbullying, they immediately think about a child or a teenager that faces, I don't know, derogatory remarks or criticism from their peers Mm. over a digital device like a cell phone, computer or a tablet. Um, And you would be right. But online predators can be far more sinister and not only use the Internet to bully their victims, but it's an ideal platform for pedophiles to groom them as well. So I don't know if you remember this or not, but in September 2015, a drama teacher at a prominent Durban school was convicted on 230 charges relating to the possession and creation of child pornography, sexual exploitation and grooming of children and using children to create pornography. And the minor in question was was, uh, 17 uh, years old at the time time. um, and didn't Um, speak to the media, but for the very first time since the incident, incident, he opens up to me about what happened happened in that case. So Sean, how old are you now? I'm 23 years old now. And when this incident at your school happened, how old were you then? I was about 17 years old. Take me back, what happened to you when you were at school? So essentially I was obviously doing drama at school and was the drama teacher that was involved in all of this. And basically he took my number and started messaging back and forth and essentially it came out that I had some financial difficulty, didn't have the best family situation at the time and essentially exploited that. So how did he get your number in the first place? He offered me extra drama lessons free of charge and that's how he he obtained my number and thereafter obviously his intentions were very clear that it wasn't for for extra lessons. What kinds of things would he say to you that made you initially feel uncomfortable? It started with offering me money to sending a picture of me with my top off and then slowly but surely that progressed into sexual favors and meeting with him i was at a point of weakness and yeah he exploited that and he saw the opportunity and he bounced on it what did you think at that time what went through my mind is was basically you know you shouldn't be doing this you absolutely shouldn't be doing it obviously coming from my background playing rugby, doing all these these social interactions that are manly sort of thing and then something like that comes about, it goes against all your morals type of thing. Did you at any time during this interaction feel bullied into doing things? Yeah, he had always, he had often throw a remark, I know, it might just come out in, in school that this has been happening. So he used that as a tool to stop me from opening up to anybody or feeling like I can reach out to anybody. I was already ashamed of myself because of what I had done. It just led me deeper down a road that I didn't want to go. You started with topless pictures and he would pay you for these. Where did it progress to? So eventually it progressed to actual sexual interaction. And how old were you at this time? So I was about 17 years old when that, when that first happened. You were a minor and he was a teacher at the school? Yes, that's correct. 
At the time that it was happening, did you realize that you were actually being groomed? Uh, I didn't. Until such time as it actually as it actually surfaced and, and I got the help that I needed, I didn't know that it was actually as bad as what it was. So what are we talking about in terms of money here? How much did he pay you? He paid me thousands, eh? It wasn't like it was just small change here and there. And I think that had a, a huge influence. Everybody has a weakness. And sexual predators, for example, they'll sink their claws in and they will exploit that. Because the fact of the matter is, by your own admission, you say that if this whole incident hadn't come to light by accident, it would probably never have seen the light of day. Absolutely. It probably never would have come out. And I don't know where I would be if it didn't have. And he probably would have gone on manipulating and exploiting other boys. Uh, yeah, this, that's the thing. Is, is If it didn't come out, how many other guys would this have happened to? And how many other lives would it have affected? What has happened with this case now? He has been convicted. So he is he is in jail. He, is, he has been sentenced for a term. As far as I know, he will be getting out. Given his history... He he probably will do it again and he probably will try and take advantage of people and people need to be aware of it. And personally, how is this going to affect you? It's going to take you back to this dark place? Uh, look, I don't think I'd ever go back into that dark place. He probably would try and make contact with me. It would affect me, but at the end of the day, What's more worrying is, when does it stop? Is he going to now approach teaching again? Are other people going to be exposed to a sexual predator in that environment? Uh, and the, the sad thing is, is that this is not an isolated case. And the predators are so good at making you feel guilty as a, a vulnerable youth that you feel you're doing something wrong, which enforces, which kind of encourages you to, to, keep, to keep it a secret. A hundred percent. You know what's more, Darren, is that this teacher in particular had a 2003 conviction for the same thing. And uh, despite this, the school had still employed him. So obviously no checks were done um, yeah. and still employed him. And and according to a report, um, the, he's his victim from or survivor from 2003 had called the school and warned them mm. that uh, about his conviction. And the school and governing body said that they would monitor him, but didn't actually remove him wow. from from That's the school. Insane. But That's coming insane. up. Oh, Coming up, we speak to Mark Hardwick from The Guardian who worked um, with Sean and he has some advice for parents. Again, um, a warning. This is not, this is not uh, suitable for sensitive ears. However, if you are a parent of a teenager, even younger actually, uh, this is very, very important. Terence? Yes, Darren. So just to recap, uh, Sean says his school drama teacher made contact with him on WhatsApp when he was a teenager and solicited naked photos and videos of him and this eventually led to sexual interaction in person, all of which the teacher paid him for. And the teacher then pled guilty to all the charges, was convicted and sentenced to a term in prison. Now Mark Hardwick from The Guardian works with Sean and warns parents to be a lot more involved in what their children are doing in the cyber world. He says uh, parenting these days is very different in that their children practically live online and parents Parents uh, should be very cognizant of this. Take a listen to Mark. Mark, when it comes to predators online, what have you found? What is their MO? So the end game is obviously to access the child. The end game is to develop some level of sexual relationship, whether that to cause the child to send inappropriate pictures or whether it's to actually have physical contact and go down the road of getting to a point of sexual assault. These people have been around forever since the beginning of time. For me, the reason that this 
is so dangerous at the moment is because the generation today who are the parents of teenagers they didn't grow up in the cyber world the parents today grew up where there weren't cell phones and there wasn't the internet and that wasn't easily accessible to everybody and so parents today take steps to safeguard their family and their children based on what they saw their parents doing most parents don't have the skills to have that conversation with their kids so as a parent you send your kid off to school thinking they're safe there should parents be concerned that this sort of thing is happening Yeah, I think if I can give three major tips over here for parents. Number 1, I 100% think that parents should be asking the school whether or not the right vetting has been done of all the staff working in the school. So, you know, has all the staff been cleared against the sexual offenders register? Have they been cleared against the child protection register? Has a criminal check been done? When the school answers by saying that the teacher has a SACE certificate, it is not enough the school needs to be doing those clearances so that's number 1 the second question i feel that parents should be asking of the school is what is the school's policy when it comes to social media when it comes to the cyber world what is the school's policy on relationships between teachers and learners outside of school time what is the school's policy on having cell phones at school what is the school's policy on downloading of inappropriate content and where are those policies and are they accessible for parents to read them and feel comfortable that the school and the parent have an aligning ethos And then the final thing is and this is probably the most jagged pill to swallow for parents but the reality is is if you are a parent you chose to be a parent in a time where the cyber world is a part of your child growing up and you cannot put your head in the sand you have to parent in the cyber world you have no choice so Sean you haven't spoken about this publicly before i mean this is the first time since this incident occurred Yes. You're going on record with what happened. Why have you decided to talk to me now? Look, I think I'm in a in a much better mental space now than what I was. But essentially, coming going back to when I was 17 and just giving my statement, even giving my statement, I was ashamed of what I was saying. Um, I felt like I had done wrong. For me to 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 even think of talking about it was was out of the question. And. Yeah, looking back on it now the best thing that I could have could have done was was to to nip it in the butt. And essentially if you speak to somebody you can get the help, you can get the assistance that you need to get out of the situation. I think that's the important thing. You know, Sean's now 23 years mm. old. He's picked up the pieces of his life. He's doing well. Yeah. Um but he does urge children who have got uh, gone through this while going through this kind of abuse um to talk to someone that they trust and uh, this will go a long way to nipping the problem in the bud. But I think the takeaway for parents here is that Mark says that's perfectly acceptable for a parent to know their children's passwords to their devices and should randomly Absolutely. check whether anything is amiss with their online interactions. And the other thing is any place any establishment or work environment that involves children like restaurants with a play area schools and that time that kind of thing the onus is upon the bosses to make sure that the staff are not on the sex offenders register yeah any uh, any business in especially a school um should be uh, should be doing this yes did you know It's... that um someone who fails to comply and if they're caught faces up to seven years in prison 
Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. We need to keep echoing, echoing that that truth, that reality. But uh, yeah, it's um, it's crazy. It's it, it's so comfortable for for uh, uh, predators out there in South Africa. And I wonder, you know, with us going into a twenty-one lockdown, uh, lockdown right now, if these 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 kind of problems are still going to be on the other side of this. And so maybe it's a, an opportunity while you are. Uh, enclosed uh, company with your children to start having these conversations i'm lucky because from the moment i introduced technology into my child's life i told her that until she is minimum 16 years old i will have full access to everything on uh, computer and phone um, at any time and uh, I, and i've had that conversation already it's very hard to come to a teenager and say mm. i'm changing the rules but if you can establish the rules right from the beginning this is my phone this is my device i have access to your information until you are of age that is that is the most important thing 100 percent. i remember mark hardwick told me once as well and i asked him this question mouse was a lot younger and i said to him when do i start having this talk and he said eight is too late that is the unfortunate reality of the world we live in eight is too late so it's never too early to start this entire interview plus this heartbreaking interview with this young man is available on podcasts online you can have plenty of time to listen to it during lockdown please do that and share it with absolutely everyone who has a teenager or younger it's on our website, ecr.co.za, and you look at the tab at the top there, Terence Pillay Investigates. Thank you, Terence. Thanks, Darren. East Coast Breakfast with Darren Mall.